Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It's the year with the dragons, so we back up in here. Spit fire from the back of the ears. Coming straight from the belly of the beast that's in the back of your ear. Whispering shit that's got you crapping your rear. This panic of fear is damaging. Radical stages of behavior that's got you on a scat eating. Looking for the big fat eating. You might find happiness. If you can make it through the sickness, the unhappy does Get good and provisionary, not a vegetarian But meeting me is living weary These kids about to run a riot Flip cars, flip bars, tip glass and silence We don't need a reason, I'ma start this riot This riot, this riot Welcome everybody to this, the first NXT UK review episode here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Patreon Network. My name's Gary Kernhan and today I am joined by David Hockney. Dave, are you ready to bring some strong style to this podcast? I'm going to bring some British strong style to this podcast right here. And it's the same as only two of us, because I was looking forward to uh, a four-way fatal here. Four-man fatal. Yeah. And eat it, Johnny Saint special. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing the 67th episode of NXT UK that aired on the network on the 5th of November. But first, before we get started on that, if you haven't already, do check us out on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Dave, can you quite believe it's just over a year since NXT UK first aired, 17th of August 2018, so we're a wee bit late for its first anniversary. What are your thoughts on NXT UK thus far? You know what, I think it's been a bit of a slow burner to begin with, because obviously the, the UK investment that NXT has had so far is the UK Championship Tournaments. But now that they've got their own NXT UK brand, it shows that they're heavily invested in the UK market. But it's not immediately taken off it's kind of been more like a slow build and much more like their own sort of uk developmental system which in essence it kind of helps but doesn't overshadow any other parts of the of the brand yeah i think that's i think that's right and it's been interesting now we're starting to see a few folk that have come through nxt uk appearing a bit more regularly on nxt pete dunn and tyler Bate. rare yeah, ripley as well yeah ripley yes absolutely and we've seen a few folk come the opposite direction mm-hmm. as well. When I was at uh, SummerSlam in Toronto, I was t- talking to a few folk uh, there, and there was a couple of people that I spoke to that had started to watch it. But it's interesting to note now, now with NXT being on the USA Network, it is the only uh, regular original produ- in-ring production that goes on the network. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to be an ad- is that advantageous to NXT UK? I think for, from a UK perspective, definitely, because that, I think that's why people were sort of drawn to NXT in full sale in the first place. The fact that it was a, a network special, no commercial mm-hmm. breaks, and it was only an hour long, so you weren't getting overloaded with all this, uh, all this wrestling. So NXT UK has kind of taken the mantle from what full sale used to be, but now that it's sort of promoted to the USA network, it's good to see that we still have something, you know, that fits that schedule, something that's pre-taped, something that only lasts for about an hour, and it focuses on these up-and-coming developmental UK talents that obviously can go just as far as some of the names we just mentioned. And it's a big roster they've got. It's, uh, 39 men on the active roster, four, uh, nine women. It's a, it's a big roster, and mm. they keep continually adding to it. Um, we've seen quite a few debuts recently over a short period. Oliver Carter and A-Kid, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Uh, Oliver Carter, I think we saw in the Glasgow tapings, actually. I think That's he was right. the first match against Cassius Ono. The dark match then. Yeah. Um, 
Are there too many people on the roster? I I would argue there's not enough in some aspect. Well, in terms of the male roster, I think there's a solid amount, but they could do with more women, I'd say. Because at the moment, you know, you've got Tony Storm, Piper Niven, Kaylee Ray, and maybe a handful of others like Zaya Brookside and mm-hmm. maybe Jenny and Jazzy. But mm-hmm. I think you could eat, like, given how the Full Sail NXT women's roster is, you know, about to go into war games. Uh-huh. It gives the opportunity for NXT UK to really maybe bring in some more uh, more female talent. I think we've seen now with NXT going to this two-hour show that there's much more opportunity. But with NXT UK being the hour show, there's, you know you can go for some time without seeing some people. You know, mm. Some people within that list of 34 men that you don't see all that often. Yeah, again, it, it all just comes down to the formatting of how they record their shows because obviously being at the Glasgow tapings, we kind of got an insight into how it works. And we were there for two nights and it, they were both about three-hour shows with about eight yeah. matches apiece. But they were able to spread that on the network in one-hour segments for over about a period of six, six weeks. weeks. That's right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it kind of helps out the talent as well, given that you know they're not going every single week or day or however frequently do it. Yeah. If yeah. anything, you know, it gives them a chance to bre- branch out and fulfil any contractual ob- obligations with any other indie companies they've got. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen two NXT UK takeovers, uh, Blackpool and Cardiff. And I would argue that they are up there with the best mm. of any, uh, you know, if you put all the takeover shows together, I would argue they're up there with the very best of them. I think takeovers in general, whether it's NXT or NXT UK, they're always delivering. Yeah, that's true. There's very few bad takeovers. You were at Blackpool, weren't you? Yeah, and that was incredible. It was, mm. uh, like, I think Cardiff was going to struggle to try and top it. But that main event between Walter and Tyler Bay, that is arguably match of the year in NXT UK. It was it, an absolute war. A uh, war and a half. Like it, Meltzer gave it five, five and point two five stars, mm-hmm. and it went on. I checked this by the way. It went on for forty two minutes. Yeah. I mean, most like war games matches don't even last that long. So the schedule of NXT UK takeovers is is unknown at the moment. Um, and it was interesting your view whether you think it helps or hinders. For me, I, I would like to know what the schedule is. Mm-hmm. I think when they have something to work towards, it gives them more focus to the stories. And recently, we've seen a couple of um, of feuds kind of blown off on on TV. Devlin and the big Frenchman, Dave Mastiff. <laughs> uh, we've got Tyler. I was Baker. hoping. I thought you were going to say Masty for a minute. And I, was thinking, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm literally an arm's reach from you here. <laughs> Uh, Tyler Bate and Cassis Ono coming up mm-hmm. matches that wouldn't be out of place on a takeover show not at all like, and that's the good thing about NXT UK talent is that they're very versatile when it comes to feuds and matches you can have you know, you know you can build this feud you know say like Walter Tyler Bate you think it might be okay but I'm not expecting big things and then they just go out and deliver arguably match of the entire year mm-hmm. so it gives it gives the fans a lot of optimism about all the potential feuds and you know matches that could transpire like we you know you mentioned like Cassius Ono as well he, he was heavily featured on Full Sail NXT but now that he's transitioned to the UK brand it gives that almost uh, crossover feeling as it were to say like we've got a guy who was featured on the main NXT he's now uh, going against up and coming UK talent. Yeah. So in this episode of NXT UK, we had three matches. One that was uh, the main event that got most of the time, but the first match in the show was Joe Coffey and Tyson T Bone. Mm-hmm. 
you're a big fan I of Joe Coffey. What what do you make of what do you make of this match, Dave? I know I'm just happy to see Joe Coffey back in action with NXT UK because you know last time we saw him in a like NXT ring was against Mastiff in the Last Man Standing yeah. match and well deserved win, might I say, the way he was able to outsmart him a bit. So I I can honestly say like whether I see Joe Coffey in NXT or ICW or anywhere else. He never has a bad match. Like he's such a powerful hard hitter, and he's got charisma for for days. Yeah, the panel on our flagship show uh, were discussing reviewing Fear and Loathing, where Joe was in the main event. Yeah, and they were really waxing lyrical over Joe's ability to tell a story mm. and the match, and particularly those main event matches when he has the time to tell the story you touched on uh, Mastiff but to go back to the first takeover in Cardiff Joe got a piece of history where he main evented the first ever you, you takeover Blackpool. match Blackpool thank yeah. you sorry um, <laughs> oh, he main evented against Pete Dunne he was brilliant against Pete Dunne like I honest I legit thought he was going to take the, the UK title from him like at multiple points um, my only criticism of it was I was hoping for a bit more of a hard hitting finish I wasn't expecting the whole hand yeah. submission as it's, it were this match with uh, Coffee and Tebow and Tyson Tebow and is somebody that uh, is featured infrequently on NXT UK I don't recall them having very many victories and this was an interesting match with the heel and heel dynamic mm. uh, really See, I wouldn't have known Tyson Tebow was a heel because I've not seen him as frequent as I'd like to have done yeah. and that's I think that's kind of the problem we've had with NXT UK lately they, they've found their established stars it's just being able to sort of give the undercard a bit of recognition as well and I think Tyson T-Bone unfortunately falls into that category yeah I think you're right I thought this was a really hard hitting match there's quite a lot of brawling in it some really good power moves there was mm-hmm. a moment in it um, where T-Bone that I thought was a really impressive overhead uh, yeah and, Joe. and that can't be easy to get a man like Joe up oh, no, he jo- is an absolute tank Joe's a big guy yeah like <laughs> and was he like two 30 pounds or something yeah I could easily believe it and absolutely solid um, I mean T-Bone himself you know he's a, a big guy in himself so mm-hmm. seeing these two sort of big men go at it you know you'd expect more of a, a brawling hard hitting style match yeah it's interesting I, I enjoyed this match um, but as I was watching it it struck me that the fans in this arena were not really into it did that come across to you? yeah the, quiet, the crowd was kind of quiet not going to lie because this was in Brentwood, I think, yeah. which is in Essex. And this would have been about maybe very sort of late down the tapings because this would have been like the fourth or fifth show they've done yeah. or the fourth like recording that's being aired. I think that tells you, can uh, felt to me this was a tired audience. As you touched on, they've probably seen quite a lot before mm-hmm. we got here. And we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But um, it felt to me that the crowd didn't really wake up until nearly the end of the main event mm-hmm. they were not really into much of it so far but a victory for Joe Coffey yeah I mean that was kind of expected as well given that it was his first match since the takeover and given what transpired after the main event which I imagine we'll discuss in a bit yeah they need he and Gallus need as much momentum as they can going forward with absolutely. what they've got planned absolutely the second match we've seen was Killer Kelly, the returning Killer Kelly versus Isla Dawn. Now, both of these ladies have been part of NXT UK since it started. Mm-hmm. I think neither wrestler, um, in my view, uh, from what I can recall at least, they've not had many victories recently. 
or much character development. So I don't really know why Killer Kelly's a killer. Mm. Uh, I'm not too sure why Isla Dawn's the White Witch. Because <laughs> she's <No>. pale. <laughs> <laughs> Our fellow Glaswegian. I mean, both incredible wrestlers. Uh, killer Kelly, I thought, put on one of the matches of the tournament uh-huh. and with, in the May Young Classic when she came up against Miko Satomura. I probably just butchered that pronunciation. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a great match. I'd have done the same, to be honest. <laughs> For them all. Um, I don't know, you know, we've seen a little angle the week before to set this match up. Kelly returns. Yep. A little backstage beatdown of Isla Dawn. Coming into this match, I made an assumption that this was going to be all about rebooting Killer Kelly and actually Ladon was a wee bit of uh, of cattle fodder here yeah that's that's was the impression I was getting as well because Killer Kelly was out with injury for about four months mm-hmm. so she hasn't had much exposure with NXT UK and obviously given how the tapings work the appearances are mostly sporadic yeah but having that that result you know with Kelly losing it, it just seems a bit confusing not to say a little bit deflating the fact that you know she's getting the camera focused on her and she's saying i'm gonna go for a fight you'd expect you would expect her to win but again this kind of the other side of that coin is shock factor because yeah. isla dawn hasn't had a lot of wins in nxt uk either yeah so i thought it was a, a surprise victory i would agree with that a nice Nice finish that back. I'm not quite sure what the name of it. The overhead back suplex. Yeah, a lot of the finishers in XTK they're not like like grandeur, something special or anything. They're usually just normal, technical ground-based wrestling moves. Yeah, where do these wrestlers go from here? What's next for Kelly? What's next for Don? I'm not sure. I think at this stage they're both still sort of working their way up the power rankings. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that Killer Kelly is going to be featured in a position much like Tainara is on NXT Full Sail mm-hmm. because you know she's this legit fighter who could really go in the ring but I worry she's, she may be used for enhancement talent rather than anything else because the women's championship scene at the minute it looks like to be going the way of Kaylee Ray versus Zaya Brookside mm-hmm. who were both in action at Fear and Loathing mm-hmm. the, about a couple of weeks ago and but also featuring Angel Hayes or and Viper too. Yeah, it's interesting the comparison to NXT because you do see there are some folk in NXT. I think Cassie's own or maybe fell into this category was used to put some of the next people over. Yeah, uh, but to keep them in that position, you, the, you need to win. You need to win. Yeah. So uh, for Kelly to be used to enhance other people she has to be kept at a certain mm. level so she needs to get some victories now although the fickle fans will come out and say oh 50-50 booking doesn't work you need to you know sh- give some legitimacy to some people so it's an argument that you can't really win with the undercard talent yeah. in NXT but what you said about Cassius Ono as well at least he could say he's made some waves you know he's faced Jack Gallagher he's faced Sid Scala in that British rounds match yeah. I was really intrigued to see how that would work yeah. or how that would play out as well I think Ono's done incredibly well, better than I thought mm-hmm. in NXT UK. At least he's not like enhancement talent over here now than, he, than kind of what he was in Full sale. Yeah, absolutely. Can you see these two? Uh, we talked about, you mentioned 50 50 booking. Mm-hmm. Can you see this coming around again? There's um, a series of tapings about to happen in Hull. Could, could these. Oh, is that where the next location yeah, is? Batch, uh, next week in Hull. I can imagine them filling the quota with the. Uh, 
like the undercard talents, maybe they'll try and get a few out of it. What I feel it's lacking though is storyline direction. It feels like this is just rubber matches going back and forth with each other. NXT UK, there's some signs of giving some of the female talent some other stories outside of the title picture. So there's uh, Mm -hmm. this uh, issue going or development of Ginny and Jazzy. Mm -hmm. I, I, it just feels to me that they could do more with the the women that aren't in the title picture. Yeah, obviously because Kay, Kayleigh Ray is playing the role of a heel champion as well. It does. It kind of. Um, well, I think there's more. The the women's division is much more of a, a heel heel heavy division. Yeah. It, it kind of takes a lot of them out of title contention because you obviously need that good balance of face and heel characters. Whereas most of the faces are either you know standalone or like imported development as it were yeah in between uh, these in between the matches a couple of uh, backstage promos uh, and clips one of which was for Zaya Brookside who you just mentioned mm-hmm. who seems to be getting quite a lot of airtime recently she, um, yeah and to be honest she actually has a legit gripe with Kaylee Ray mm-hmm. given that at the download festival she thought she'd won the battle royal but Kaylee Ray obviously being uh, sneaky heel you know hid under the ring then threw Zaya out yeah. So she, she has a legitimate gripe to go for the women's title, and I think this highlighting her with these vignettes it definitely puts her on the radar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I love that storytelling because that's an entire, you know, logical chain of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be the number one contender if it wasn't for you. Yep, I want a shot at your title now. Uh, absolutely log- logical to it. We seen Zaya Brookside in, in the flesh last uh, weekend at Fear and Loathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really, I thought a really quite tidy tad match with <laughs> Hayes against uh, Viper and uh, Kaylee Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're being able to showcase like the uh, is Angel Hayes on NXT UK? I can't remember. No, no, she Source. I think I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, well, three of the four of those competitors are on NXT UK. It's I think that's kind of the thing like with ICW as well because a lot of them are originally ICW talents so being having that relationship between the two companies it gives people a chance to sort of see not just you know like local heroes but also in talent from NXT UK as well mm-hmm. we also uh, sticking on the women's division we also seen uh, I, I thought quite a, a clever move with the sit down in- interview with Piper Niven better known to people in these parts as Viper. I think we're just going to call her Viper if that's alright <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really pleased th- to see this and it looks like it's going to be a, um, a little series that runs over a period of weeks because um, uh, Vi- uh, Viper debuted back in March mm-hmm. um, it's hard, but I would hard to believe it's like been eight months as well it doesn't feel like any time at all no but in that time I would say we've seen a lot of her in the ring mm-hmm. but I would say very little character development yeah in that time I think what really helps her is that you know she's obviously more of the powerhouse game you know she's the megaton Barbie mm-hmm. like not really your sort of cookie cutter women's wrestler as it were someone a bit different but she can go in the ring like oh, arguably probably one of the most successful female wrestlers in the world, let alone the UK. Yeah, and there was some of that story that she was telling in this uh, in this vignette that 
echoes some of the stories that were told in the BBC documentary about her. What, felt like a girl? Yeah, yeah. where she explained a little bit more about her background, how she doesn't look like any normal... Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what has been presented up until now is a normal female superstar. Yep. And I, I really liked that part of it. She did hint in the, the, the video that at some point she would like a crack at Kaylee Ray as the as the the women's champion. Yep. The, uh, well, as as ICW fans, I think we all know that Kaylee Ray and Viper can put on an outstanding match. Absolutely. I might be a bit controversial when I say this, but I don't need to see that match. Well, anytime soon. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe not us specifically, but I think we should it we should be on the outside when we say these two can go. Like we've seen it in ICW many times, and now it's time that the NXT audience sees it as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things about NXT UK is it's taken a number of talent from from ICW and it's taken a, a huge amount of talent from Progress. Mm-hmm. So there's matches that we have, like Viper and Kaylee Ray, will be quite familiar to us. Yep. But this whole new audience have never seen it before. Likewise, British Strong Style, mm-hmm. Imperium, there's lots of matches there that would have been very familiar to Progress fans. Tyler mm-hmm. Bate Walter headlined their big show at Wembley last year, yep. which was a fresh match for us, but not for the fans of Progress. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, Progress has so, been heavily featured a lot as well. Like I think there was uh, an NXT themed event with Progress as well. It was their tenth anniversary. Progress mm-hmm. Evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so having that partnership as well, you know, it it gives the sort of local fans of those promotions. Like a sort of homecoming for these uh, for these NXT superstars, mm-hmm. but you know it reaches to a wider audience as well, knowing that the NXT audience will follow their favourite stars wherever they go. Yeah, we got a very short clip uh, announcing the impending arrival of Rich Holland. Rich Holland, yeah, I thought it was Jack the Ripper at first, <laughs> or I think that's uh, maybe that's the gimmick he's going with, because you know he was he looked like he was wandering the streets of Whitechapel and it like a a coat, the fancy shoes on, maybe an umbrella as well, but he definitely comes across as some, like a London gangster type. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then we got we move on to our main event, mm-hmm. uh, Grizzled Young Veterans mm-hmm. versus Andrews and Webster. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of the match, Dave? Again, a bit of a slow burner, yeah. but, you know, these two teams, you know, former NXT UK tag team champions, like, I wasn't overly fond of Gibson and Drake at first, but they've slowly become one of my favourite tag teams on I, on any brand. Yeah, uh, what I love about I love tag teams that look like they're tag teams. You know, they they have like matching attires and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and also I thought both teams were really good at this. Uh, lots of really good double team tag moves. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get the tag and they make use of the five seconds. There was lots of good stuff like that. Yep. In the match, uh, I, I was in the Royal Albert Hall when Gibson won the tournament, and oh my god, that man had nuclear heat. <laughs> and, was everybody taking their shoes off? Oh god, yes. And um, I mean. But what I thought was interesting at this match is, and again, it may have been just because the crowd were quiet and it was a slower match to get started, but mm-hmm. even when they came round to the shoes off, it, didn't, it felt a wee bit half-hearted. 
I think it's just, you know, people having a bit of fun at the expense of a heel team. And I think that's why the Grizzled Young Veterans are getting a lot of airtime, is the fact that not only can are they an annoying heel tag team, but they can go in the ring. And that's why the fans, you know, get really wound up by them. It's like, yeah, we're the best tag team and we've got this attitude and stuff, and they're actually proving it, which is even funnier. Yeah. Um, might it just be me... But I wondered if the commentators were starting to plant some seeds in this match of a grizzled young vets um, split because they were talking a lot about the mistake in the match mm-hmm. uh, at TakeOver that cost them the title. There was a moment in the match where it looked like uh, they sort of clashed together and it looked like it might cost them the match, but it didn't, didn't quite work out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be hugely upset if... It, Gibson was to have another singles run in this. Is you know can you see st- is there still more for the grizzled young vets to do as a team or? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I think they've done great as a tag team, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gibson and Drake sort of broke off on their own a bit. Mm-hmm. Largely because I think NXT UK needs a mid card division with mm-hmm. some top singles guys, and we've obviously seen Zach Gibson is a, a great singles competitor. He would. He would draw a lot of heat as a as a solo guy on his own, yeah. so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went their own ways. But I don't think it should be split into like a face heel split. It mm-hmm. should be more like a conscious parting of ways. Aye, and then they can always come back together. And yeah, it. I think you're right about the mid mid card because when um, the there are not a lot of credible calendar challengers for the NXT UK Championship, or sorry, WWE UK Championship. The NXT UK title. title works fine, yeah. Um, this, in my, uh, it looks like Joe's going to be the next contender for that. I hope so, yeah. I mean, Joe's, you know, consistently been one of the top guys. Mm-hmm. The fact that he didn't win in Blackpool, I am a bit disappointed at that, but it's only a matter of time before he gets there. Mm-hmm. I really liked Andrews and Webster as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the I high think, flyers, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think it's helped uh, Webster more. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, again, might be just me, but I really hate Webster's gimmick. I don't what get the what Mod Father stuff. The at Mod all. Father, yeah, he kind of looks like one of the Beatles a bit. Yeah, I just don't get it. <laughs> what? That's what I don't get. If the if they're like his gimmick almost comes across a bit of a, like a Londoner's gimmick, uh-huh. but he's Welsh. He's Welsh. It's a bit. It's a bit of a mixed message. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, slow, slow start to the match. Um, Webster spent a lot of time in the ring, getting beat up mm-hmm. by the Grizzled Young Vets. They really dragged this match out, didn't they? Yeah, it got a good, you know, good half of the show. I can't remember the exact length of yeah. it went, but the match really picked up for me after the hot tag and Andrews came in like a house on fire. Mark Andrews is fantastic as well. Like you know, you can't go. I think he's probably the best high flyer they've got on the brand yeah I'd, uh, I would agree with that so I thought the, uh, there was lots of false finishes in the match which really got the crowd on the edge mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that some really great moves in it a lovely reverse Rana in it. that reverse Rana as well like ugh. I'm surprised nobody's broke their neck from it like particularly Wolfie he like he was almost piped straight up I know but we start uh, I, I I wonder if is the reverse runner becoming the new suicide dive a really dangerous move that potentially is used too commonly or too mm, often? Well, uh, I think the tope is actually not too bad. You know, you sure you go. You head- seen Sasha Banks do it? Oh, don't! <laughs> oh, she folds up like an accordion when she does it. 
Now, I mean, sure, you go head first out with a tope, but at the same time, somebody's there to catch you, and most people usually bring their legs forward to sort of give themselves a bit of landing. But I think it's with a, the reverse rana, you're literally going head first. There's no way out of it unless if you do land on your feet, that's basically a reversal. Yeah, it's a really dangerous move. During the match, Tom Phillips' commentary said that the the tag team division roster was deep. I really disagree. I yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Tom, but that's I don't think that's the case. Well, you've got maybe a couple of teams that are heavily featured. You know, Imperium, Gallus. Andrews and Webster, Grizzled Young Vets. I really like The Hunt. The Hunt, yeah, they're another one, but I honestly can't think of any others. Maybe, what, Ashton Smith and... And Oliver Carter yep. started to team. I, think, I feel bad for Ashton as well, because he's not teaming with Kenny Williams as well. He, um, he, he, Kenny Williams was with Amir Jordan. Amir Jordan, sorry, no, that was... But I agree, I think Ashton Smith is a really underutilised talent. He is. Uh, we've seen him in a great team with Rampage Brown. Yep. The POD. POD, yeah. Up, up here. They had a cracking match with Kings of Catch at Square Go this year. Oh, absolutely. 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 So the match um, finished in a double disqualification, which mm-hmm. there was lots of booze about in the building at the time. I thought that was a wee bit... I mean, it happened for a reason. We'll it, talk about the reason yeah, in a sec, but I thought the match deserved a clean finish. It did. It was a shame because, you know, it, at, towards the end, it was actually picking up and it was really getting good. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, the whole Gallus Imperium type feud, it kind of overtook it a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I was disappointed by the finish of this match but I wasn't disappointed about what followed. Mm-mm. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So we had uh, Wolfie, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey come out first. They mm-hmm. watched the match yep. for a while. And then they were joined by Marcel Barcel and Fabian Eich. They're from Imperial. Yep. And at some point, the tag team champions thought they had enough of this. They yep. ran in the ring, attacked, uh, I think it was... Uh, Webster and Andrews. No, I think they attacked the the vets first. Was it? And then uh, decided not to be outdone. The Imperium team came to join. Yep. This happened for a wee bit, and then Wolf appeared. Yep. And not Wolfgang. <laughs> uh, so we had Alexander Wolf. So we had three versus two at that point, and then Joe Coffey appears three through the three, group. Yep. And we had on either side of the ring three from Imperium, three from Gallus lined up. Perfect. A bit of a stare down, and then the music hits, Walter appears. Jolly Wally. <laughs> and we are suddenly four versus three. And what I loved about this bit is the Gallus boys did not back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one. Yeah, you know, represent. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect anything else from some boys from Glasgow. No, represent the Glasgow firm. Uh, but in terms of heel behaviour, would have been to back away, back away. Yeah. And at this point, we're still talking about two heel two teams, heel factions, yeah. Aren't we? Uh, so we had the four uh, you know, teams entered the ring, four versus three at this point. The Gallus boys ready to go, not stand any quarter, and then dragging off. Mm. Music hits. Elia Dragunov appears, who over the past few weeks has been some efforts by Alexander Wolf to uh, apparently recruit Dragunov. Yeah. And they tease for a little moment that five versus three, and it's still at that point the Gallus boys didn't background mm-hmm. back down, and then uh, Dragunov crossed there. Almost he joined up with uh, 
with Gallus, mm-hmm. and we had a really wild brawl. A 4v4, essentially. To finish, yep. finish it off. Um, and the crowd loved every minute of it as well. Yep. But what's interesting now um, is what happens next? Where do we go with Imperium and Gallus? I'm excited with the Dragonov Gallus team up because as odd as it sounds, because you've got one Russian boy teaming with three mm-hmm. Scottish fellas, it's a very odd pairing. But I'm actually excited to see how it works because you know it's are they going to be like a face team or are they going to still be a, a heel team? Because Dragonov, you know, obviously he's a face character in you in NXT UK. I, I'm curious to see where it goes, but I think those four together. It makes for a very interesting team. Well, that's the thing. Do can you see a, a Gallus face turn in the cards? It looks like it to me. Uh, I mean, it looks like that's where it's going, but I don't think it's more a face turn for Gallus, but more just giving Imperium a run for their money. Largely because Imperium, you know, they're the the top heels in NXT, and I think the crowd would really cheer anyone that goes against them. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's quite a unique sort of setup in the way that you know they've got a faction that's strong enough to go against Imperium but not necessarily a face team because they're not going to pander to the crowd every week they'll just say yeah nah screw Imperium we're the top guys is there elements of like almost like a Stone Cold Steve Austin part to it where they just won't change their behaviour they'll Mm -hmm. keep behaving the way they behave I mean, why shouldn't why shouldn't they? They should just be themselves. You know, this say this is our kingdom, and nobody's going to take it from us. Not even Imperium. Yeah. So I wondered when uh, Gallus interrupted Imperium for the first time a couple of weeks ago if if that was going to be the mark because that was classic behaviour that would spark a turn. Yeah. But it didn't do. They continued to behave uh, like heels since then. I'd, still, it's still a bit early to tell, but we'll, I think we're. I think we'll just have to see where it goes from here in the, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, the next batch of tapings is about to happen. That if there was a takeover announced at that, that would match the timing of takeover Blackpool when they might see a, an early 2020 show. Mm-hmm. And they're certainly, in this moment, for me at least, uh, there's seeds planted on the one big feud the faction versus faction which mm-hmm. you could have an amazing eight man yep. out of it but also on the back of that you could have a tag titles match a Wolfgang Mark Coffey versus Eichner and Bartel you've got Dragonov versus Wolf yep and then for the Richard Prize in the in the d- division Joe versus Walter which the stories for that started at Blackpool when Joe, I thought, was... Uh, I wasn't huge... When we did our review show of it, I wasn't hugely fond of the way that Joe was booked in that one, when he was sort of... I thought he was jobbed out a wee bit in that mm-hmm. when he stood in the ring apron and Joe and Walter kicked him off. And the, the two of them haven't really come, but there's a story that was planted almost a year ago, yep. which, you know, long-term booking storytelling would be wonderful to build on. Well, unless they do an eight-man tag, I think this is the best way to go about it. I like... Eichner and Bartel, they've obviously had some experience in full sale as a tag team before joining Imperium. So having those two go for the tag titles, you know, it makes sense, given that they've competed in the Dusty Cup this year as well. So, I mean, I think the way they're they're looking at it, it probably is going to be a series of matches rather than just one big one. Because we did have a discussion in the, in the group chat saying that 
there this could have been potential for another war games match because then it would have been had that 4v4 but i think for this year's war games we're already kind of oversaturated with a men's and women's war games match this year yeah i can't i, I wouldn't say no to it but i can't see there being three war games matches mm. and we've seen this past uh week uh, imperium getting a lot of focus on smackdown and going mm-hmm. by the the rumors i've seen also on Raw, which mm. we'll see coming up on Monday, but we won't go any further because people might not have seen Hold the, watch this space. that part of it as well. But Joe versus Walter, would you buy a ticket for that match? Absolutely. Like again, I'm sticking to my instinct that Joe will never have a bad match. Like, and obviously, two big, hard-hitting guys like Joe and Walter, I think they could put on an absolute clinic of a show. And Walter's sort of main defenses as well haven't been against. Sort of very big guys because obviously he's had Pete Dunne, Travis Banks, Tyler Bay. You know, they're not the biggest guys on the roster, but having someone that could really match him pound for pound, th- this would be a must-see match. Yeah, I wondered if they might have went for a Walter versus Dave Mastiff <laughs> match, which I would have enjoyed. But I'm really looking forward to seeing these two. I, I think, think Mastiff's be... somewhere in the middle at the minute, but I wouldn't put him in NXT UK title contention yet. just yet. Not with what's happened with no, the, the last man standing match and the defeat they've, to Yeah, they've got, they've got to go with like, Imperium Gallus at this stage. But Mastiff, I think, hopefully continues his feud with Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. How much would you have to be paid, Dave, to let Walter chop you? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't think um, there's enough money. Um, yeah. I'd say I'd say a, mil- a cool million. How hard a hitting match is this going to be, Joan Walter? Oh, oh, I can't imagine. Like, it'll be chops galore. Yeah. And you know, Joe was finisher is that sort of discus lariat. Mm-hmm. I bet he'll try it, and Walter would even budge. Mm-hmm. But Walter's been also been in ICW as well against BT Gun, hasn't yeah. he? So it goes to show that he can go with you know some of ICW's finest. Mm-hmm. We've got. Uh, some seats or some clear matches already announced for for next NXT next week's NXT UK show, uh, which I think on paper looks like a cracking show. Got mm-hmm. Zaya Brookside versus Kaylee Ray. I was kind of hoping they'd save that for a takeover, but hey ho, we're forgetting it. At least we're getting a bit of notice for it. Yeah, we've got the second match. What? Uh, following up on the draw between uh, Travis Banks and Leggero. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those two did really well the, the the last time, but obviously they need to rack up some wins. And so I think this sort of builds in with the frustration a bit. I'm curious this is to see what happens here, because I think one of them might crack and become a heel. Yeah, I thought it was a cracking match they had the last oh, yeah, time. Yeah. And uh, an interesting one, because we mentioned at the start of the show, this show the heel versus heel dynamic of Joe versus uh, T-Bone. A face versus face dynamic. Leggero mm-hmm. uh, is absolutely fantastic. He's not had the greatest amount to work with. He's not been in any feuds, no, really of note at least in NXT UK. Yeah, I think Travis Banks has. You know, he's done pretty well in, at certain points throughout the year, but I think this in recent weeks he's sort of been on a bit of a dip. Yeah, again, largely just overpowered by you know the the big faction war. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to this match, the, which I'm assuming will be the main event next week. The big strong boy, yep. Tyler Bate, <laughs> who I am fond of, versus Cassie Zono. Yeah, and I remember Tyler Bate had a match against, was it Cameron Grimes yeah. on Full Sail NXT? 
I would argue that was well, it wasn't this week I think it was the week before yeah that's that right. was outstanding like I, I was not expecting that good of a match out of Cameron Grimes like considering he's still just a bit of a breakout star mm-hmm. oh absolutely fantastic match and what was interesting with that match is a friend um, you know a friend of ICW uh, Killian Dane Big Demo appears costs him that match they're building up to a Pete Dunne Killian Dane match I'm really mm. looking forward to seeing that see Killian Dane's been kind of unpredictable obviously he attacks Tyler Bay and I think he's just got, got to go after whoever's left of British strong style mm-hmm. like, and obviously Trent Seven's still featured on UK but he came off an absolute barnstorming of a match against Noam Dar yeah I didn't give you uh, any advance warning of this but uh, if you were to give uh, this NXT UK show a rating um, out, of, out of 10 I, I think I'd probably score it relatively low I don't think it was the greatest mm, show I think the tag team match kind of saved it but mm-hmm. obviously the undercard matches well Joe and T-Bone solid opener everything else in the middle was a bit bit, bit of a downer yeah it feels like a, a maybe a 5 or 6 out of 10 I would give it a 6 mm-hmm. largely because saved by the faction warfare between Gallus and Imperium and also the tag team match between Webster Morgan and oh sorry Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews Mark Andrews against Grizzled Jung Vets mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and on paper next week's show feels like one mm-hmm. a must not the, miss yeah Tyler Bate Cassie Sono I think is going to steal the show mm-hmm. well Dave I think that will just about do us yeah, for, for this so. week for our first uh, NXT UK review show yep we hope that you have found it interesting uh, and will join us again next week. We've got loads of things coming up on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Patreon network. Loads of shows starting to come out. Loads of things in the pipeline. Next week, Dave, maybe we won't talk about NXT UK at all. Maybe we can talk about Viscera's best matches in the UK. What do uh, you think? Please don't. <laughs> I, in fact... <laughs> I've only had seen Viscera do one match in the UK and that was at a house show in Edinburgh in 2005 so and that's all you're going to get out of me on that one can you not remember who you took on it was Val Venus oh what a match what a match but I think it was they faced each other on Sunday Night Heat before as well so again it was just sort of a recurring feud that was good on <laughs> nothing, well, nothing spectacular sorry to disappoint thank you so much for joining us and we hope you'll join us again next time thanks bye